0: fantastic we're good all right
1: hey this is Barry and you're listening to I Live the 90s with Alan and Brian
0: And now it's time for Texas's favorite segment, Sponsored Not Sponsored.
2: Introducing superhero Stretch Armstrong. Yes, Stretch Armstrong, now stretching fun farther than ever before. He bends, he stretches, he even ties the knots, but always returns to his original shape. Stretched Armstrong from Cap Toys. Who else? Welcome back, everybody, to the I Live the 90s podcast. We're on episode 33 of the podcast. I am Alan, as always, with Brian
0: Bryant. How you doing, boy? I've been better, bud. I've been better. But I, I'm feeling optimistic about this episode. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing good. Doing doing good as well. This was a topic today that uh, we've been talking about for a long time. The timing uh, kind of forced us to kind of go ahead and do it. We're going to be talking about Saved by the Bell today. Uh, it's a show that is just instrumental to 90s culture and growing up in the 90s. We all watched it. We all have connections to it. And with the news of the passing of uh, Dustin Diamond, who, who played Screech, it was only natural that we covered that this week. So we're going to get into that. We also have a, a, a surprise uh, guest co-host that's going to join us. That I'm very excited to, uh, to be with him today, Ben, uh, our friend from college and also a, a co-host of his own podcast uh, called A Thousand and One Nights, which uh, he'll tell us about a, a little bit later. Uh, but first, uh, before we get started with with that whole party, let's, uh, f- let's go to office hours with, uh, with the professor who uh, once French kissed Kelly Kapowski, is my understanding. Take it away, Barry.
1: Thanks, Alan. It's good to be back in the office for a little while. Before I get to clarifying and amplifying anything about episode 32, Late Night Talk Shows, I did want to make one note about the Fruitopia brand. It has not been completely eliminated worldwide, but it is still still way off where it was in his 90s peak, starting off the top with Johnny Carson. He was host of The Tonight Show for almost 30 years, Uh, but for the last 10 or so, he kind of mailed it in. We'll get to that more in a second, uh, but he was definitely a kingmaker and queenmaker during his time uh, with comedians and comediennes. Uh, I couldn't find a specific phrase that he would use. But uh, if he invited them over to the couch for an interview after uh, his or her set, then that was the sort of um, anointing that uh, he or she uh, was uh, one to watch and um, should have success later. Uh, Now, uh, Jay Leno made his first appearance on the show in 1977. I'm not sure whether he got asked to the couch, but he himself had been a permanent guest host in the uh, late 80s and early 90s. For the last 10 years or so, when Johnny Carson was more or less uh, mailing it in, working no more than three days a week, 37 weeks a year, they had a clip show once a week, a best of Johnny Carson, and another day a week, it was a permanent, host, or permanent guest host. They varied uh, more in the earlier years, but by the end, it was just Jay Leno. So he was definitely in a unique position, like David Letterman, for the possible chance of assuming uh, the role of host, which he did in 1993. Of course, that means that David Letterman didn't, and he went to CBS. At that time, CBS hadn't really had uh, much of a late-night talk show in in, uh, decades since The Ed Sullivan Show, which had run from 1948 to 1971. They tried a few experiments in the meantime, a Merv Griffin show, a Pat Sajak show, but none of them really took. Uh, Conan O'Brien, of course, took over for David Letterman uh, back on NBC. He has an impressive resume, uh, uh, always a good student. He was a valedictorian of his high school. Then he went on to Harvard, where he was graduated magna cum laude. After that, he did go on to be a writer for SNL, not technically the head writer, but successful nonetheless. He quit abruptly from that job without a plan in 1991 and uh, was, had the good fortune to be called by the Simpsons showrunners to move out to L.A. for a job, which he did and was successful there, too. A couple of years later, Lauren Michaels, who, of course, uh, knew him uh, from SNL and was now uh, or was also a producer on Late Night, called Conan, encouraged him to audition, which he did uh, remotely sent a tape from California to New York, New York, uh, offered him the job, but Fox didn't want to let him out of his contract. So NBC and Conan O'Brien had to work out a deal in which they paid a contract breakage fee so that he could move to New York or or I guess stay in, uh, in California and, uh, be host of a late night when he was only 30 years old. Now, Conan and uh, his wife did meet as part of a bit on the show, but it wasn't until the year 2000, so uh, it wasn't so much starting out. Uh, I'll add another note here. Conan O'Brien did his uh, old timey baseball bet in April of 2004. So not really at the um, uh, in the uh, 90s, but still uh, worth going back to see. Uh, another note, well, we'll just add while we're here, Jay Leno's garage uh, had five series five seasons uh, online, 2015 to 2020. I'm not sure if any more are planned. Before we get into sidekicks, we'll make one more note on Howard Stern, who has been very good to SiriusXM and to whom SiriusXM has been very good, currently under a lucrative deal, but he re-upped in December of 2020 for five more years at up to $120 million per. Now, getting to sidekicks. Ed McMahon, uh, who was... Johnny Carson's longtime sidekick, did host Star Search from 1983 to 1995. Uh, A notable winner on that show, uh, perhaps for listeners of this podcast, was Leanne Rimes, who won in 1991 before becoming more famous later in the decade. I saw some reports that Conan O'Brien himself had appeared on the show, but I couldn't get a year or uh, any clips or anything like that, so it's uncertain. Paul Schaefer, the uh, band leader for David Letterman, did have quite a prolific uh, career, decades of writing, collaborating, and performing, and there's too many to list here. But I did want to draw attention to two. One was that Paul Schaefer played the famous synth part on 1982's uh, song Goodbye to You by Scandal. Also, Schaefer was the music director for the closing ceremonies of the 1996 Olympics in Atlanta. Uh, Letterman's announcer was a man named Alan Coulter. Andy Richter, who, uh, of course, was Conan's uh, longtime uh, right-hand man, did get his own show, Andy Richter Controls the Universe, which was a short-lived sitcom on Fox from 2002 to 2003. Uh, Courtney Thorne-Smith was indeed on Melrose Place, as you corrected, uh, which, of course, is part of the Beverly Hills 90210 franchise, or Universe. The famous exchange with Norm MacDonald about the Carrot Top movie uh, was... Uh, a vehicle called Chairman of the Board, which came out in 1998 and did terrible with critics and at the box office, so it looks like Norm MacDonald got that one right. Uh, Before we get to Arsenio Hall, uh, we'll settle some bets on Magic Johnson and his career as a host and a coach, both of which were short-lived and unsuccessful. The uh, talk show host, uh, magic hour of the magic hour uh, lasted longer from june to september of 1998 he took over as coach of the lakers in march of 1994 and coached for only about a month till the end of the 1994 season he started out great winning his first game in five of his first six then he lost 10 straight for a final record of 5 and 11 arsenio hall had had a prior a talk show host experience before he got his own show in the 80s there was a show called The Late Show on Fox that was hosted by Joan Rivers. Fox and Joan Rivers parted ways, and Fox found other hosts fill in. Arsenio agreed to do a 13-episode stretch in 1987 and was quite successful. Then he did Coming to America. Then he got his own show from Paramount that was syndicated and ran from 1989 to 1994. The famous Queer Nation incident that you referenced came in December of 1990, and the uh, actor that Arsenio hadn't heard of was a man named Harvey Firestein, who to that point, Firestein, I'm not sure, uh, had uh, actually not done a whole lot, but he would go on to do a, a number of bit parts in the 90s and 2000s and beyond, and one uh, that listeners of this podcast might be familiar with is in the movie Mrs. Doubtfire. He plays uh, Harvey Firestein plays Robin Williams' character's brother who assists him in his transporta- his transformation into the title character. That's all i got for this week. Back to you guys.
0: All right. Thanks, Professor Barium. We appreciate you doing what you do, playboy. Uh, getting back into episode 33, we've got Ben on, but not the same Ben that we had on, like, a few months ago. We've got a new Ben, new and improved Ben. Um, well, you know, in his glory, um, ben Gibson, ladies and gentlemen, from 1001 Good Nights. Uh, he has Zone podcast with his co-host, Nick. Nick could not be with us tonight because he was on another podcast. You guys are just podcasting the world away. I love it.
3: I'm happy to be here.
0: Great. Um, yeah, we're going to jump into the episode. Up uh, the top, we have to talk, Alan and Ben, about Screech's death. It came as a sudden surprise. JT Canelli, another University of Dallas grad, um, shouted out in the thread on Facebook, and I was hit by it. I realized about a month ago that he was sick, but I, I didn't know that it was terminal. So to hear of the passing, I, I did know he was sick, but I wasn't sure. He had um, stage four lung cancer he had been diagnosed with and finally succumbed after, after his battle with it. So sad news. And I feel like Screech... Embodied what that show was about the most because he was on the most versions of it. Actually, um, are you familiar with which versions he was on, Alan?
2: Yeah, he was on the he was on every single iteration. So he was on Good Morning, Miss Bliss. Yep. He was Saved by the Bell, the yep. the, the the standard series that we all know and love. Saved by the Bell, the College Years, mm-hmm. and Saved by the Bell, the New Class, uh, where he stayed on as I think Principal Belding's assistant all the way up until it got canceled.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was on TV for a solid 10 years, basically. It, sh- it ran from 1989. Uh, Miss Bliss's class, or Hello- Good Morning Miss Bliss, I think it was called, was actually a season in its own right on the Disney Channel. And that show um, was actually supposed to be about Hayley Mills. Uh, ben, do you know Hayley Mills or what you would know Hayley Mills from?
3: No, I mean, the, the, noun, the name sounds familiar. Hit me me with some knowledge.
0: Um, She is from the Parent Trap, like the OOG Parent Trap. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which to me was much more impressive than the new one. I love, personally, the Lilo version of the Parent Trap. And like that's the OG version to me. So the OOG version is the Hayley Mills one. And I think I was just more impressed that they did it basically in the same way, where there's only one Hayley Mills, but they had two Hayley Mills for... She played both parts.
3: Right. I mean, there's twins out there in the world, so like... (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah, and we talked about the uh the, the knockoff brand. Um what's the uh what's the Olsen twin version, Alan? Oh, it takes two. Yeah, which are you familiar with that one, Ben? I I am
3: familiar <laughs> with it takes two. <laughs> so the it takes two is,
0: is not actually a parent trap, but it's basically the parent trap.
3: Yeah, I mean <laughs> clearly.
0: They're, which is so dumb because they're actually identical twins, but they just happen to look the same in the, in, in that version of the non-parent trap, what in, it takes two.
3: I mean, have you, have you never run into like one of your doc doppelgangers or something out there that, and just been like, Oh, like, like that, that Spider-Man, like, you know, meme or whatever it is.
0: Ben, you know I've, where I've, I've, I ran into. Had-
2: I've had a couple of moments where I ran into a doppelganger, and we each recognized that we were each other's <laughs> doppelganger at the same time. Actually, it was for, at the University of Dallas, it was those Abide brothers who, uh, who, a, lot of, who, who, who a lot of the community uh, of our podcast and, and Facebook group know. So I started UD a little bit early. I was in the O'Hara program, so before freshman year, I spent the summer studying chemistry, and there weren't very many people on campus at all, and I didn't know anybody. And uh, every time I was in the cafeteria, one of the workers, Jose, he goes, are you are you one of the brothers? Are you one of the brothers? I said, I, no, I, I don't have any brothers here. He's like, no, you got brothers here. you got brothers that go here. Are you are you the new one? I'm like, no, no, I, I had no idea what he was talking about. And then freshman year started and then I got looks from upperclassmen like, oh, hey, are, are you the new a I'm like, no, no. What's an a I, I I don't get it. Yeah, so, so, finally, I realized, okay, there's someone here that I look like, and uh, I, I haven't met them yet. So, I was getting ready to do uh, UD Radio one day with uh, Mike Cusack and Marshall Lilly, and we were, we were waiting for our turn, and there was a show uh, before us. And it was Dennis Makis and uh, Steve Abide. Okay. And I was looking through the little window in, into the room to see who was in there, and he was looking up. I looked at him, he looked at me, and we instantly realized the one I'm like, this is the M. Effort that everyone thinks I'm related to. <laughs> and then he goes, that's the little M. Effort that everyone thinks I'm related to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's a great story. So, my doppelganger story took place in high school. Um, you're from Houston, Allen, but Ben, you're from the Dallas area. Where are you from again?
3: Yeah, Mansfield.
0: Mansfield. So, you might be familiar with this place. There's a place called. Venice Beach, Minor Madness. Are you familiar with it?
3: No, no, this, <laughs> this, is, a, this is not my metro bikes.
0: So this was a teen club that I went to, I don't know, a handful of times on a Friday or Saturday night. Um, it wasn't a cool kid hangout, but it was a place that, that I would go and just sort of like get my dance on. I'm, I Like like, dancing. Like,
3: if you, like if you couldn't go into the Lizard Lounge or whatever it was. <laughs> like
0: Yeah, but it was like in Arlington next to like Don yeah. Davis Auto Group.
3: Oh, I know where that is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it was right across the street from like Wet n' Wild, which is now yeah. whatever the... Arca- Hurricane, Hur- Hurricane Harbor. Harbor. Yeah. Yeah. So I was at this place one time, uh, had a single friend with me from the school that I went to, uh, shout out to L- Lamar Vikings, and I just saw my face walking through the crowd. And I I was like taken with myself, basically. I didn't, I didn't know what to do. And I sort of like walked in his direction and then he saw me and we had that same moment that Alan had with you know one of the abides and we definitely recognized it immediately and then we actually just told people we were brothers for the rest of the evening um it was there was nothing beyond it the kid's name was Johan I remember that and the only reason I know that is because years later when I lived in Grand Prairie I had the house with you know Chris and Mike Mike and all those guys we had a random house party for one of their friends and he showed up at the place and we had the exact same moment like again five or seven years later.
3: Oh, Johan showed, showed up the house party. Yeah. You and Johan (laughs) have friends in common.
2: (laughs) Speaking of doppelgangers, it's kind of weird, but Brian, I've, I've, I've met a couple of your hair doppelgangers, (laughs) like just people that have the same head and hair that you have. Just, you got a certain way that your hair looks with your just, I don't know what it's called. It's like a super hairline. It's they're just, they're just the opposite of whatever a receding hairline is. Like your hairline moves Proceding. down with age. Like it's about to connect to your eyebrows. That's how far <laughs> down it goes. Well, I saw I saw a guy at the gym that had that exact same head and hair that that you have. So
0: my mom has a has a theory about why my head is shaped the way that it is, and it's because I was a uh, big head baby. I was really big for 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 my small mom, and the doctor used forceps to like pull me out basically and she thinks that's what like made my head all misshapen and this was before the days of like you know you see some some children that wear like the half like helmet looking thing they weren't worried about reshaping my head
3: i just uh i just like that these stories involve you guys seeing doppelgangers and you both recognize like that you look the same because i think it's awkward when someone's like oh my gosh we look so similar and then you're like Oh, do we? Is that? <laughs> what is that? Is that what I'm about? <laughs>
0: oh, fantastic! Well, um, somehow we're supposed to be talking about Screech right now, boys. So I don't know how we're going to redirect back to that, but Doppelganger talk. I'll
3: I'll, I'll tell you, um, which is that I when I heard we were doing a Saved by the Bell episode, I was a little nervous because my Saved by the Bell knowledge. I feel like is limited, but of all the characters on saved by the Bell, I feel like I I connected to screech the most because he was so, he was so much younger. Like, I mean, even now, so he's, he was 44. Yeah. Like, it's crazy that saved by the bell was 30 something years ago. I mean, and he's still only, he's not even to the mid forties mark.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Great insight. I think he was the only one of that cast who was his real age. Sort of like Sam Weir, actually, if you guys, we've talked ad nauseum about the uh, Freaks and Geeks now. I think Sam Weir was the only one that, or Bill was Bill his age too. Either way, Linda Cardinelli was really old, and I remember that. She was like <laughs> 28, playing a 17-year-old. She was like the Rizzo of the group. Like, Can you believe yeah. like Rizzo from like Greece was supposed to be 17 years old?
3: I mean, they they tell you that she is, so you you just you just gotta believe it. <laughs> it's like
0: it's like she looks older than Dustin Diamond now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> What's weird is like as a kid you look at high schoolers and they look so old. Yeah. Like like when you're a kid, they look like grownups. I mean, they look like adults. Like I remember being a freshman in high school and we're like, man, look at all these grown up people here that I'm in school with. Keep in mind, when I was in ninth grade, I looked really little. I mean, I, I maybe looked 11. But then now I look at high school kids, and they look like children.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, Screech uh, was on all four iterations of it. Miss Bliss's class was unofficially kind of lumped in as season one. Um, did you know that the show was set in Indiana for that season? and then moved to, like, Malibu, California. I think Malibu. Somewhere in the coast of California, basically. But they never actually in the show reconciled, like, why Saved by the Bell, like, moved to the coast. So, Miss Bliss's class and his non... There's, like, an A.C. Slater stand-in named Mikey, who's his friend. And they're like, well, clearly that kid is not built for the coast. We need, like, more muscles. So, when they moved to the coast, like, they filled him in with other friends. So, from the original show, it was... Mark Paul Gosler, Zach, Lisa Turtle, um, Lark Voorhees, I think was her name, and then Screech, they were the three holdovers, and Mr. Belding, actually. So they cut Miss Bliss, and they filled in new friends around that, and there's some sort of, like, fan fiction that says that the Saved by the Bell that we all watched was actually, like, a dream, and it's sort of, like, referenced by the song, um, like, when I wake up in the morning, and my hair is out of order, and I think I'm ever make it on time, like... He's in a dream, or he's been woken from a dream. Basically, is what sort of the idea is.
2: Oh man, that's I. Who who thought Saved by the Bell could be so damn metaphysical?
3: <laughs> wait. So wait. Did they? Do they? Uh. Like. So they don't reference though that it's from Indiana, or do they? Is it the, Is it the same school name? Well,
0: Professor Barry, you've got your first task. Uh, I think it was still. I don't know that they ever referenced it because there was an entirely different vibe to Miss Bliss's class. It was a much more like Mr. Feeny-esque like show where at the very end of the first episode, Zach goes to Mrs. Bliss's house and they're sort of like supposed to be this like mentor mentee relationship, but they scrap that immediately. Are like, yeah, nobody cares about that. We're gonna this is a this is a TV channel for kids, so we're gonna make it about the kids here, basically. So no, there's You're no. Very-
2: very different kind of show that first season.
0: What do you know about Miss Bliss's class, Alan? Uh, you probably know a little bit more about that than, than I do, or Ben.
2: Uh, I mean, I do know it really was the focus was Miss Bliss, the yeah. character, and kind of her being a teacher and her trying to relate to kids. And then, I mean, basically it's almost like that first season was a case study. I, I think the network execs kind of looked at it. They probably got a lot of audience feedback. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, we just, we don't want to scrap the show. You know, the show in its current form isn't working, but you know, Miss Bliss, she shouldn't be the main character. It's this kid, Zach, that, that's, that's where the money is. It's almost like what happened with family matters. I mean, uh, Urkel was just a one-off character, but then they re reworked the show
0: mm-hmm.
2: to kind of be where Steve Urkel the main character. So same kind of thing. And of course these execs, they don't, they don't care. They're, they'll do it. They, they'll do what they want. They don't need to explain to anybody. Just, uh, <laughs> You know they write they wrote off Judy Winslow, uh, no no problem, and uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air when they thought it was going to get canceled and they had no idea how to reconcile him moving to Philadelphia, they kind of made light of that themselves and just picked him up and threw him in an NBC truck and says <laughs> no it's the Fresh Prince of Bel Air get in there,
3: <laughs> but but just to be clear you think that it was the right decision to axe Miss Bliss and and make like Zach Morris like the heart of the show like right that that was. For sure, in like, what the
0: in the moment, yes, but I've also like found myself on FunnyOrDie.com um, watching the Zach Morris's trash videos, and they make a lot of sense to me.
2: <laughs> I mean, obviously, they made the right decision because Saved by the Bell was a big hit, uh, but you know, as far as the depth of the show. I tried to watch, like, and that's one of the reasons it took so long to, to get to this episode is because I haven't hadn't really watched Saved by the Bell, really, since I was a kid. I, I hadn't watched very many reruns. Yeah. And I tried to get into it, kind of rewatch it again, like I've done with a lot of other shows uh, lately since we started this podcast on, you know, Hulu has a lot. And I started watching him, and I just didn't enjoy them. Right. I just didn't like him. I they, they did not have good rewatch value for me. They They felt dated. I felt like I outgrew the show, whereas like Family Matters, Step by Step, Boy Meets World, I, I I still enjoy watching those shows. So, you know, maybe if it stayed Miss Bliss, maybe if it was a little more depthy, like how it was that first season, maybe that's something as an adult I would enjoy more today.
0: Mm-hmm. A lot of that makes sense. Um, let's talk more about like, Ben, you said you didn't actually watch much of Saved by the Bell, save for the like Jesse Spano uh, infamous scene
3: where she's, she's on the caffeine,
0: <laughs> <laughs> the caffeine pills. I'm um, so excited. <laughs> so what was your like Saturday morning then if you weren't watching cartoons and then into, you know, saved by the bell.
3: I was trying to, remember, I don't, I don't remember Saturday mornings being like a special thing.
0: Okay. Like,
3: I don't, I don't know if it was just like, maybe there was a period of my childhood. There was a period of my childhood when I was being homeschooled. So the days just got like, they kind of like, mm. Ran together. I don't know that. I mean, surely we did things on Saturdays, and we I, I definitely like, you know, the, the neighborhood kids. Like that was when we would like hang out a lot of times. Like I had next door neighbors, Keith and Kevin, and i feel like sometimes we go over and hang out with them. But I don't. I don't really. Like, maybe I just remember less of my childhood than, than, than I think I do.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, you were a child for much longer than us. Um, <laughs> I think. Um, yeah, my Saturdays mm. were pretty formulaic. Uh sorta of like a, a NBC broadcast, I guess. I would get up uh as early as possible, uh start the day with some, some like really sugary cereal. Um and then I got into a habit of eating um like cheese cubes. Are you familiar with cheese I mean it's cuba cheese, it's not a big not a big mystery. Um yeah. and pickles,
2: actually. Yeah, I've what... I've heard of those. Yeah, cheese, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some new some new some new thing, huh? I, I said I hadn't
3: I said I hadn't didn't know much about Saved by the Bell. I didn't say I'd never heard of cheese. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I'd watch uh I'd watch all the uh the cartoons Ninja Turtles would be on. Uh, I was a big Looney Tunes fan uh over Disney. Oh, and maybe that's because that's what what showed on on regular television. We didn't have cable growing up. Uh, but then I would get into Saved by the Bell. That was sort of towards the end. They would do one more like live action show after that, which was depending on like how old we were. I think like California Dreams was one of the shows, um, and then there was one with too, Alan. Do you remember the show with like Reggie Theus? He was like the basketball coach. No ghosts. Oh, but... uh, uh,
2: Hang Time. Yeah,
0: Hang Time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was. All I remember. Is, like there was a girl on the team who was like hands down the best player. Like that was the bit of that. Yeah, the redhead. I thought she was blonde. I think she was a redhead, professor. Maybe she's all right, let's. We need to keep a We need a scoreboard of like who's actually right because. You're right a lot, but I feel like I've called you a couple times, and I'm pretty confident in this one.
3: I just as I
0: got, a, I, got
2: I got to let you win here and there.
3: I'm just saying, as a as as a as a listener, I feel like Alan's just you, you're usually <laughs> right. <laughs> it's
0: like playing the uh, Nebraska Cornhuskers in the mid '90s. The scoreboard <laughs> has been run up. Oh man, um, Alan, what was what was your Saturday setup like?
2: Man, very, very similar to yours, actually. Uh, I remember I'd wake up very early. I was, I was like excited to wake up early on Saturdays just so <sighs> I can watch, you know, get started on the full lineup of cartoons. Mm-hmm. Um, lot, lots of cartoons, lots of cereal. And I remember uh, where we grew up in uh, in leaf The ice cream man used to come very early on Saturdays. Like he wouldn't come in the afternoon. He'd come at like
3: nine
2: nine thirty a.m. Mm-hmm. And uh, man damn right I would go and <laughs> get an ice cream You'd get room, some get 9
3: a.m ice cream
2: i yeah, mean get a bomb pop get something i mean i I don't know if he went through because he's maybe the kids would I wasn't the only one maybe the kids would go and put it in the freezer and save it for dinner time like no like this ice cream man's here i'm I'm gonna get my
3: ice cream do you think you were his very first stop or do you think he started even earlier <laughs> is, is, this, is there is there some kid getting like a – like a fudgesicle at six a.m. You know, like
2: you know, maybe he started delivering milk and uh, you know, milk milkman <laughs> milkman faded away, so he he would change the ice cream.
3: He just started leaving, you know, little packages of like i you know ice cream like you know like popsicles or something and people picked it up. I don't man that's so wait what what time nine nine a.m you'd have a you'd you'd have some it, ice cream?
2: It was early. It was early. I mean it was definitely before it was mid-morning at the latest
0: so you'd Man, leave nope. you'd leave your uh your comfy confines of watching you know ninja turtles and like just dash out there did you always do the like would you also let your mom know because that's what i did i called my mom to let her know like the ice cream man's here and that i needed a dollar quickly
2: oh yeah i mean i didn't have my i didn't have my own money as a you know eight-year-old so <laughs> <laughs> it, it was you know can i, I hear them you know you hear the music and I'm like, hey, ice cream is coming. Can I can I go get an ice cream? And sometimes she, yeah, most of the time she let me do it. I didn't ask every single time. See, I was a smart kid. No. See, I knew, okay, if I ask every Saturday, it's just going to start being a big string of no's. I ask one Saturday. She says yes. I let a few Saturdays go by. You know, let them roll through. Don't say anything. And then I ask again. You know, it's just, you just got to know what you're doing.
0: Man, you've been living in the margins all your life. I love it. Yes. <laughs> Uh, can we talk about opulence a little bit? Um, my grandparents used to have the uh, the Schwann's truck, like on retainer, basically. So they would come by like once every two weeks. I think was their their sort of scheduled fill up, um, and they got the same order every week. and And my favorite go to was like the little plastic cups that had the little peel off lid and had like the yeah. the wooden spoon attached to it. And I would house those things like that was like my go to for sure. There was a strawberry and a, uh, a chocolate sundae, but that Schwann's truck showing up was just like that was a moment. Like when the ice cream truck comes to you, that's a very different feeling than running after the ice cream truck.
3: Yeah, I went to as an adult. I went to a a birthday party this this last summer that that had an ice cream truck. It was an, an outside thing, and I just remember I I, I passed by and I saw the that it was like a. Like a like a uh, like a freezy, like uh, like those little like slushies and stuff like that. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's a that is a baller party.
0: <laughs> Was it Adam Pacania? No, <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke for like nine people. Sorry, folks, if you don't get that one.
2: Shoot, that is baller, man. I may do that for my own party.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. So then, did, did you guys either play like organized sports or anything? Because I feel like Saturdays. Sort of were for that kind of stuff as well.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, a lot of lot of soccer st- strikers. All
2: right. I did some soccer, but not for very long.
0: Yeah, uh, I was a baseball kid. There were at, at at our schools there were definitely soccer kids and baseball kids, um, and we didn't we didn't mix well. Um, I always thought soccer kids sort of whined a lot, and I feel like, you know, as I've watched more soccer in my life, that's sort of like borne <laughs> out accurately. All that flopping, man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So pushing forward ever so slightly into sort of like segment two here, I wanted to talk about bad best friends because that's really what came to mind when I thought about Screech and Zach is how they were best friends. But it wasn't really like, I don't want to use this word incorrectly, but like it wasn't an equitable friendship. Like I feel like they were both putting different amounts into it and getting different amounts out of it. And it was a relationship for Mark Paul Gossler, for Zach, of, like, convenience. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Alan?
2: I think that had to be right, because in no real-world situation is a geek like Screech hanging out with the popular kids.
0: Mm-hmm. Unless,
2: unless they're getting something out of them. And uh, it almost seemed like every other episode, Zach was using Screech for something. Using him for homework, using him to find out information about a girl. Uh, yeah, I, he was a he wasn't really a good friend.
0: Ben.
3: Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, I, I I I don't I don't see that like playing out in real life that 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 Screech is is, is friends with him unless like I thought like there's some maybe maybe that archive of of Saved by the Bell fan fiction has some <laughs> kind of like answer <laughs> like I don't know like, like you know Zach was drowning like one time and Screech saved him or, like and then. <laughs>
0: Um, Okay, so real world, I felt like I knew... Alan and I had very similar experiences. I want to talk about your experience and how that differed, Ben. But I was sort of like lost in the shuffle of like the middle 80%. I wasn't super like nerdy, dorky, sort of an outcast. But I definitely wasn't like an athlete or cheerleader and didn't really like... I knew them, but didn't really know. But I felt like there was definitely a kid in sort of that tier that definitely from the outside felt like he should have been an hour tier and I wanted to like drag him down so I, I I believe that there's 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 room for one of those guys sort of like in like 90s comedies like there's room for like one black person in them, but there's room for one nerd sort of in like the cool groups so that 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 resonated
3: for me you're buying you're buying screech <laughs> maybe not that do, nerdy. You think, do you think do you think that screech was? Like that, he like realized that he was being used. Like, did you think that he knew that it wasn't like an equitable friendship?
0: No, I think they had just grown up being friends, and Zach was always sort of like his best friend, and just kind of was happy-go-lucky about it, actually. Um, but there were a few times when, when it got real, real. Um, if we're gonna get into like a single moment that I remembered strikingly was when this is where like the off-camera life of the actors sort of bled onto the screen. So in real life, well, on-screen, Kelly Kapowski and Zach Morris were sort of the item du jour, and it was always like that was how it was supposed to be. But off-screen, um, Lark Voorhees, who played Lisa Turtle and Mark Paul Gosler, were actually like a, an official item off-screen. So they sort of wrote it into the show, and that was sort of like the one thing as like a friend, like... No matter what the, the, the relationship is, if you're if you're boys, there's sort of an unwritten rule between guys that, well, there's a girl, and if, if I've kind of like got an eye on her, even if it's not ever going to happen, there's sort of a respect that you're not going to go after her. And there was an episode where basically Lisa and Zach sort of like kissed or had a moment together, and in the beginning, Screech is upset, and he actually rips Preppy's shirt. Um sort of like standing up for himself but then kind of gives him the okay go ahead by the end so i felt like that was also true to life and that was the only time where i thought man screech realizes like zach you can have any girl you want but you went after the one that i really really like him desperately in love with and that's messed up man
2: that was uh yeah that was i i think i remember that episode and that was the one time didn't he like challenge zach to an actual fight yeah 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 Um, but they, they they met up at the end but yeah i you know, a guy can only take so much. You know, you start messing with this girl. You know, even if Screech was just happy to to be one of the popular kids, he wasn't going to stand for
0: that. And that's why I never dated at UD. Alan had already like said, "I want to date all these girls," and I was such that's a right. good friend to him But I was just like. Man, okay, I man. never. <laughs> Dude,
2: are you saying I'm a habitual uh, flag planter? Because there are there are people like that. I was not one of
0: them.
3: <laughs> Boy, that is true. Is that is Zach Morris a habitual flag planter for sure? Right, like
0: well, he's a habitual line stepper. I don't know if he's a habitual flag planter.
3: Wait, what's the wait? Br- break. <laughs> <laughs> well, the he- there <laughs> is <laughs> a there is a difference. Yeah. I'll let okay. Brian explain it.
0: The habitual line stepper is just somebody who, sort of like having that friendship of convenience with Screech, where like, yeah, I, I love it, but I don't actually really care about what your feelings are on this matter because, well, I'm Zach Morris, and look at my hair. So yeah. I can go do what I want sort of when I want and even to the point where like your best friend in the world has had a thing for one girl. Like there is a very clear line in that sand that says, okay, that if there's one girl that's off limits, that's the one. And if you're willing to, to, to step over like that line, there is no line in the world you're not willing to step over is what I'm saying. Right. So he's, he's he's a habitual line stepper.
3: Yeah, but, but he's stepping over the line to plant his flag. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Touche. He's
2: stepping over the line to
0: plant one flag.
2: A habitual <laughs> uh, a flag planter is like, doesn't really have anybody.
3: But oh, just I, see, like, I, see, try, I see.
2: Tries to stake his claim to all his boys. Like, well, don't go after her because I like her. But don't yeah. go after her either because I, I think I might like her too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 And the thing is, it's, it's, it's a, uh, it's in perpetuity. So like, even if you kind of move, it's not like you're, I like her and I like her. It's like, well, this week I like her. And then in perpetuity, like that's sort of like off limits. And then like, well, I like her now and now she's, uh, so it's, it's problematic, especially. It's logistically,
3: yeah. Logistically like impossible. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, Ben, any other instances from, well, one, I think we should clarify you do a podcast about, like, books, and we do a yeah. podcast about, like, pop culture. So inviting you on this show was sort of like we're, – we're, I'm not treating you like you're Amish, obviously, but it's, it's good to get just a baseline of, like, were there any shows you did watch? Like, if you didn't watch this one, and that's, like, sort of, like, the, the show that any kid, you know, worth his salt would have watched, what did you watch? That's,
3: okay, well, I just – I felt like that – <laughs> Your tone is so sweet, but I mean, I would, I I would argue that books are part of pop culture, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, I don't know. So I, um, sometimes it's hard for me to remember. I feel like I was watching shows just after like they, like other people had had stopped watching them. So Mm -hmm. I was like very up on home improvement in like the late nineties when, okay. Like people moved on. It, it, the way I watched television was a lot like the way that people, was just how I encountered the, the Pog phenomenon. We're like, I got really into pog. You know, are you yeah, 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 I know Pogs. Yes, yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, we know Pogs.
3: Okay. I, like, I, I I didn't know anything about them. And then somebody convinced me they were cool. And then, like, the next day, nobody was interested in them. And I just had this big collection <laughs> of Pogs and Slammers and all those goofy things. <laughs> I don't even know. I never got to like play a single game. I never did. I never did any trading. I never got to have any of like the moments that I've been like. I I, I timed the market like exactly wrong, and I feel like that was the way it was. But like a lot of like television shows too.
0: Well, if your timing market's wrong, it sounds like you should get in on
3: GameStop. <laughs> right. Right now. <laughs> Hot tip. Hot tip. Um,
0: Okay, that's fair enough. Um, so.
3: But yeah, but, but I mean, so I saw like you know stray things of of Homan. Uh, of uh, Saved by the Bell and yeah. and and what, what else? Like, I, like Growing Pammy, but not like I watched, watched a lot of, I was still watching a lot of like syndicated things like the Cosby show, you know, reruns. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, mostly I I, I don't know. I, I feel like, like I say, it's hard because I feel like there was a time when I didn't watch really much television at all when I was really young and then there was a period where, where when I was like in junior high and high school when it, late at night I was watching like you know, 1am reruns like, you know, three, four or five hours a night. And that's like really what, but I mean, but at that point, like nobody was interested. Like, you know, when I was in high school, nobody was really interested in references to, to boy meets world or anything like that. Like <laughs> the, the, the world had moved on. Alan, are
0: there any other instances on television that you can think of that had sort of this bad best friend dynamic?
1: Yeah. This is yeah, due to I, me I,
0: I, breaking up with you, by the way, because I think you're a bad best
2: friend. I am a bad best. I am a I am a bad best friend. I'm a bad friend. I'm a bad ask Zero. I mean the fact that we call <laughs> him Zero on the show just shows you what a bad friend I am. But uh I Eddie Winslow, man. Eddie Winslow treated Steve so bad. Yeah. Uh, but, the, but but there was one episode the, here's the worst. The worst one is the uh was the one where there was a basketball tournament. And uh he agreed to him and Steve was a two-on-two tournament. He and Steve were partners. Okay. And Steve, this was after it was already established that Steve Urkel was good at basketball. In Episode the show, one. in real life. Episode whatever, one, yeah.
0: folks, we we discussed about like how they had to write in that Jaleel White was really cool and good at basketball. So they did it.
2: Yeah. So they were there were friends. They're on the t- they they're on the their teammates. They're gonna win this tournament. Whoever wins the tournament gets uh Bulls tickets. And uh a better player asks Eddie, "Hey, do you have a partner yet?" And Eddie's like, uh, "No, I'll be oh. your partner," and just dump Steve. I mean, I was like, "What the heck is that?" So that's when Steve got his ringer in a uh, grandmama, <laughs> Larry Johnson, <laughs> and it, and ended up winning the tournament, so he had the last laugh. But uh, that's just one of the many instances. But Steve did stand up for himself. That's one thing I always—that was one thing that makes him different from Screech. Screech kind of took the abuse. Steve only let it go so far, and he would tell Eddie, "You know, you're 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 being a jerk."
0: Um, I think also the name of the basketball player was Spider, Professor Barry. Yes.
2: He, oh, I don't need Professor Barry. I got the. Uh,
0: yeah. I got the uh, the confirmation in show. That's uh, it's rare. I like it. Um. So I got
2: I got a question for both of you actually, because because this just made me think of something. Sean Hunter, Boy Meets World. Mm-hmm. Do you consider him a good friend to Corey?
0: Ben
3: yeah well i don't know a lot of these like now that you've <laughs> i feel like i'm going back and re-examining these a lot of these people are just like they just seem very circumstantially thrown together and now maybe, maybe that's how like friends like friends are like maybe like when you're like even it's like your next-door neighbor or the yeah. person that you carpool with or whatever it was mm-hmm. but like they i would say yeah but maybe maybe not maybe they were just Maybe just they were just, like, tapped together and around all that time. I don't know. Like, I I don't know that I I remember any. Maybe I didn't watch enough of the show, but I don't remember any, like any deep bonding moments. Like like, this is like where their where their friendship really shone.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, all I remember is to that last point. Ben was there was a a time where we talked about uh, Alan, the dad. Right, that was the dad's name. Alan. His name was Alan. Right. Um, yeah. they took in Sean so they, they had an affinity for him as a, a human apart from just like the direct friendship between the two um, and I felt like in a lot of ways Corey was always it was supposed to highlight the good things about Corey which were he was sort of the not a guide but just like the true test for like Sean who was sort of blowing in the wind for all number of reasons like nature and nurture that had thrown at him you know his family was sort of like in a trailer park for a while, his mom, I think, ran out on them. The dad was doing his best. He had an older brother or like a some sort of weird family situation. So I felt like there was no reason for... Corey Matthews existed independent of Sean. And Sean sort of like was tethered by Corey Matthews is what I always thought. Um, so of course he was not going to be a particularly good friend because I feel like he was sort of incapable of being a good friend to Corey because he was just sort of damaged goods and needed Corey to be that that baseline that he could he could be tethered to.
2: I think that's a great 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 explanation um, because I've always wondered about that. I was like, was he really a really good friend to Corey? And as far as being a good friend, I'm not sure, mm-hmm. but he did care about Corey. Yeah. And, and despite how much his behavior got him in trouble or may have been selfish or, you know, the things that Sean was struggling with, I think at the end of the day, he did, he did care for Corey. I think he cared about him a lot. And I think that right there made him, made him a good friend to him. And uh, I don't know. It's not to get too personal, but uh, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the relationship I have had uh, with my cousin Richard. Mm-hmm. Uh, who i've mentioned many times on this podcast uh we couldn't be any more different uh, he he got in a lot of trouble growing up uh you know people from the outside would think he was a bad people that knew know both of us is like how did y'all get along so well because y'all couldn't be any more different mm-hmm. and uh, got and as as he got older he got in more and more serious kinds of trouble you know, at some point you're not going to the principal's office anymore. There's adult, there's the adult version of the, of the principal's office.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, but he cared about me a lot. And, uh, despite all the things he did that I didn't necessarily agree with, I knew that he cared about me. And I think just having that, knowing that he had that kind of affection for me, despite how different we are, despite the fact that maybe he'd consider me a geek, you know, and, 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 and at a certain time of his life, um, that that made me really appreciate him and made make me consider him one of my best friends that I've that I've ever had. So, um, friendships are complicated, and uh, you know I, I didn't think we'd get this deep talking about Screech and Zach and <laughs> and Eddie and and Erkel, and but I mean that's what this podcast is about. We lived in the '90s and we talk about our experiences and it makes us reflect on,
0: you know, our our own friendships. I think this is great. Um, I appreciate you sort of bringing that. Those are things that I definitely know about you from, from off and that you're willing to share. It's awesome, man. Um, and what I like about bringing on sort of a, a third rail here with Ben and what we've done before is it always sort of bleeds into sort of friendship talk. And that's what's at the heart of definitely this project is sort of a, a way to get together with a good friend and spend time talking, you know, making making time for each other. Because that's it's getting harder and harder to do those things. I mean... Maybe over the last year, it's gotten easier because everybody's become much more comfortable with like the FaceTime concept and Zoom and all that stuff. So seeing each other isn't so bizarre anymore, because a lot of the way business is done in general, you're just used to being in front of the camera now. So that's great. But I think I would definitely love to transition here as we wrap up into two things. One, if we could talk about sort of our friendship here on the show and sort of how we know each other and stuff will be a lot of like fun and enlightening for me. And then definitely hit up on sort of the what's behind what... Ben does over with a thousand and one good nights and like what you do with your really good friend um, Nick Wignall.
3: Yeah, sure. I mean, I would say one of the reasons that uh, Nick and I started the podcast was as a way. So I I knew Nick in college and then we lived together uh, later on in Chicago and we wanted to have the podcast as a way to just have regular conversations. And, you know, we'd done another, kind of podcast before that was just us talking about things and then we both uh he had he, his his oldest his kid is kids a little bit older than mine but then we both had kids and we had, we, we talked we had one conversation about children's books and then we said oh man this this was so much fun and then it's been a great way for us to keep in touch
0: mm-hmm.
3: and talk just because you know when you when you read children's books we realize we were reading these books over and over again and then you start thinking wow is like, has nobody else noticed this about the very hungry caterpillar? But like, who can I talk to this? Because you can kind of talk to your kid about it, but they don't really care. Like, is, is, do you, do you think that this caterpillar is sinister? And then your kid just kind of looks at you like, what are you saying? And so you really want to have somebody else to to vent to. And, and that's, it's been, it's been great that we've been able to keep up that way. And I feel like we've discovered a lot of like, you know, books in common. And it's really nice, even when we discover a new book, you know, Nick will send me something and then I'm reading it to my kids. And it's like a, like a, a way that, you know, he's kind of involved in my life, even though he lives in New Mexico and I live in Texas. And so that's been that's just been a blast.
0: Yeah. Isn't that amazing how that works? Like my favorite parts of this show, obviously, the funny parts and like the humor that comes out of it is, is like great. But I think when I I hear these stories about Alan that I just hadn't heard before, because when like like you guys, we all met in college. We all went to the same college if people haven't figured that out yet. Um there's all these like shared memories that we have together, and there's sort of a harkening back to like when hey remember that time and like just funny stories that pop up. So to hear the, like we're guys and bros don't really get too deep into like their pasts, other than yeah I had a similar experience watching these shows. But when I learn new things about Alan how he experienced things and and I get to share sort of personal anecdotes too, it's a it's a great way just to like kind of grow closer. It's great.
2: Yeah, yeah absolutely it's uh, it's a place to share stories, I, but also more than that, we're building a, a community, yeah um, you know i I talk about the Facebook group a lot, and uh, someone I'll give a shout out to to Lindsay who had a a, a post about the rectangular pizza <laughs> that they that they served in school, and so many people were telling their stories about what they experienced in the cafeteria, what their favorite food was. Someone uh, someone came up with a, a recipe online on how <laughs> to recreate a lot of your favorite like old school cafeteria lunches. I mean, it's, it's just great. It's like we, we've created this, this opportunity for people to share stories. And, um, you know, that's something that I think is lost these days. And so if we're able to bring people together in that way, you know, I think it's great.
3: I'll tell you what I appreciate about uh, the, the Facebook group is that uh, my wife, Chelsea is, is great. And, you know, we, we think a lot of the same things are funny and interesting. That's you know why we're married. But one thing that she doesn't often think is like as fascinating as I do is whenever someone says something like it's now like I've now been out of college as long as I've been, you know, as, as long as I was in it or like some kind of like weird it's been as long as math problem yeah and they're like the facebook group is full of those sorts of things and so <laughs> I've, it's really been an, i don't i don't post but i i i, I, I love like the, there was one the, like the the other day that was uh like if back to the future was now like instead of going back to 1955 they'd be going back to 1991 and smells yeah. like team spirit <laughs> would be would be like the song that they play and that just blew my mind and every every time somebody says anything like that i'm always like wow that is crazy that is crazy what about <laughs> uh
0: the uh, the uh, comment that got me was uh kevin riffle rifle uh rape me was the other option uh, uh the, the song that it could have been <laughs> that's right yeah uh he's actually a fascinating guy he's a he's a friend of ours alan you've met him too from uh mike cusack's wedding actually he went to law school with mike cusack so we met him up in Philadelphia, I had a few more conversations with him, so I don't know if you remember him, but I've, I'm like Facebook Ooh. friends with him just randomly. Like I, I just liked him so much that weekend that we became Facebook friends, and we don't talk much, but I invite him to think, and he like he chirps in every now and then. It's it's really great.
3: I'm just waiting for Johan to show up on that group and <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> trying to well, bring in
0: the doppelgangers. I, can right. we talk about you being in a lurker? Oh yeah. You, well, you I'm work like, on on online, like generally speaking. So yeah. I feel like Google has been trying to like make an like an avatar of you like for years, and they can't quite like pin you down because you don't you don't like things and you don't comment on things. So if That's you right. were ever to like, I mean, like,
3: like not, I mean, I, in in my head, I, I like things.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like if you ever, if I ever see a little notification that says like thumbs up by like. Ben Gibson, I think I'm going to like screen cap that stretch it out. And that's going to be like the banner, like on the, I live the nineties. Like I
3: wouldn't wouldn't hold your breath. I mean, and I, and I like what you guys do, but
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think I picked up this, this, uh, this theme like four or five years ago when it was an Instagram post by I Katie Pryor, I don't know who it was, but you, you unleashed a like on somebody and they were so taken by it that they commented on like, how valuable that was.
3: I used to do a thing. I was like, if I'm going to like something, I'm going to remember, like, I'm like, I'll, I'll give, you know, three likes a year. And then I'll say, like, what did you like this past year? It's like, there was that time when, uh, you know, that, that person, they, they, they brought that cat in, you know, from out from the rain and say like, I like that post. That's what happened in like 2013. <laughs> I like that. Like, so I'm on the record. So, yeah, I so- don't know. I, I make, I, I just, I just make mistakes all like, like lots of things that I do that like, I, I, I'm like, I don't know if there needs to be a record of this. And so just if, if there's no need to be going like liking things on Facebook. <laughs> right, so you
2: don't, so you don't post happy birthday on people's, uh, no, but, walls?
3: but you know, but then every year, so every, like people post on my Facebook wall and I, and I love it when they do that.
1: <laughs>
3: and then I feel very guilty that I never really returned the favor And then every, like I'm, I'm like, I'm going to start, I'm going to start doing that. And so usually like, so Mike, McMahon's birthday is the, is the day after mine. So I always, I always always wish him happy birthday. (laughs) Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, well, who else am I going to do? And then I'm like, oh, uh, I should make sure that like, I am real deliberate about it. And then like a month goes by and I'm like, oh, well now it's going to seem weird if I just pick this person and then, you know, (laughs) Um, slippery slope.
0: Yeah, I actually hide my birthday for that very reason because I appreciate the unprompted... I would get, rather get, like, two calls or a text message unprompted than, like, the 50 million people. I, I only have, like, 70 friends on Facebook, but, like, you know, that many likes or, or, or like, the, the... It doesn't mean much anymore because Facebook just tells us all it's each other's birthdays. That's why I don't do and happy birthdays either.
2: I don't agree with that at all. I, I do not expect... Anyone outside of my immediate family to remember my actual birth date.
0: I'm not mad at anybody.
2: So if I so if I get you know 300 happy birthdays from people that otherwise wouldn't know that it was my birthday, so what? They 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 get a reminder that it's my birthday and they're wishing me well that day. I mean, that's great. Well,
3: take. I I I totally agree with Alan. I mean, not that I would have ever wished him happy birthday, (laughs) 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 but I I think he's right.
0: Um how did you two meet?
2: Do you remember? Oh, oh, me and Ben. I I man, I got a I got a story for that, man. I won't I'll keep it somewhat vague, you know, just just for the but but I think I can already tell from Ben's face he knows <laughs> oh God, he knows God. what the story is. <laughs> so So it was in the bookstore. It was it was in the bookstore. First semester was about to start and uh I mean, books are so damn expensive. And when oh, you're yeah. a freshman, you don't, you don't know about getting them from the black market. You know, you think you got to get them from the bookstore. So I'm, I'm in line. I got my big heap of books. And uh, Ben has a heap. Ben, ben has two heaps of, of books. And, uh, and uh, one of his friends, who I hadn't met yet, was in line with him. And uh, Ben was just talking his head off. <laughs> and uh the other the other so, friend so, so was something's
3: never changed you know?
2: <laughs> and and his other friend was uh, i can tell was just like not very into what he was saying but i think he had to sit there and take it because ben was buying his books for him
0: <laughs> that's a good friend was it oh man yeah.
3: everyone... the, the...
0: Um, yeah, oh, man. and, uh, I, and the thing is, I, I figured,
2: okay, well, they must know each other from like high school. Cause I, that's the one thing I learned very early on in UD is I was one of the few people that mm-hmm. went in not knowing somebody already, you know, same. a lot of these feeder Catholic schools would send, you know, maybe sometimes nine or 10 kids, you know, that are all seniors to UD at the same time.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, well, he yeah, has to
2: have known them from before. No, they <laughs> met like in the dorm room as they were assigned <laughs> like earlier <laughs> that day. Yeah.
3: No, in terms of, I, I was, I like Alan, I was the same way. I didn't know anybody going in either. So, so. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I was, me was. I,
3: I was. I just uh, made that friend at the bookstore. You know,
0: so. <laughs> <laughs> um, ben, I I know my version of like how we met, but I, I'm interested in like what you remember about because I feel like people knew who I was and had a formed t- opinion of me before like knowing me.
3: Yeah, that was that was like <laughs> I, I just like I don't like, I don't remember when we met, but I remember like you would just be like sitting at a table or something. And then like, at, at some point, like, like that, that, that kid's name is Brian. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah. I feel like it was more a friendship of proximity for years. It was just like, well, yeah, he seems to like, and be around all the same people that I like to be around as well. So I don't know that there was like a formal introduction or like, you know, definitely, definitely wasn't a moment like you with you and yeah. Alan, but you were just kind of around long enough um and i was too that's like yeah well of course like the the friendship was assumed basically um and then like i think the real big moment was like just sort of out of the blue me emailing you or calling you in like 2014 saying hey i'm like gonna run a marathon in chicago and you live in chicago like yeah can can i not only can i come and stay with you but can i invite some other friends that you also like too and you're like Yeah. yeah that sounds awesome yeah. And then you offered to pay for my, like, ticket and for me to run in the race. And I had to hear all your stories as you talked my ear off. That's right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that didn't happen.
2: So, Ben, uh, how much Whataburger are you eating these days?
3: You know what? Uh, I had some today. <laughs> <laughs> I had
0: Whataburger the, uh, the last time I saw you, Ben, but not with you.
3: Yeah, I mean, I had—I'm sure I had Waterburger Whatab- that day too. No, I've—I've I've gone through. So I had—I'd—I'd—I'd uh, I'd, I'd cut back, but then it's kind of crept back. You know, it's crept back up. I have those—I get those Waterburger reward points, and so, <laughs> now I've—I've I've got the app. So, not—not uh, not as much as that. You know, when I was, I, I, have I ever told you guys that when I was at UD, um, we got like a, a notification. My mom called and was like, "We think there's been fraudulent activity mm-hmm. on your credit card," and. She said, "Why?" She said, but there's 101 charges for like 4.59." I go, "Oh no, for sure, that's the number one meal of water." <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, if we oh, were to really, really like it? tailor this episode for you, I feel like we could have centered it around like the Waterburger on 183, which was like the Dallas Cowboys version. The Cowboys
3: Burger, yeah. Because
0: you were like, you know, more about the Cowboys than I do. It's actually impressive. Like, what if you did anything during the '90s? It was
3: like, watch the triple. triplets. I watched. Yeah. But you know what? And then I fell back is that I I was, I didn't really watch them much at all when I was like living across the street from them in in the old mill, but that was really, Uh, but like, and then then, then right after as soon as I moved away, then I started watching them a bunch again. So (laughs) life, Um, you know?
0: Okay. Let's grind this thing down guys. Sorry. All right. Let's grind this thing down guys. Um, Ben, I would like to take this sort of last little bit to just explore. I know we touched on it uh, ever so slightly, but just about how long you guys have been doing your podcast. Like what's your, what's sort of the back end of that? Like how many times a week do you do it? When does it come out? All the sort of nuts and bolts of the stuff.
3: Yeah. I mean, we, we, so we've been doing it a couple of years and we, for a while we were doing little seasons, like we'd record about six books and now we've, we've started uh, releasing weekly. And so we've, we've been doing a lot more of them. I think maybe it's just because either, we've just gotten so used to taught We've kind of gotten to a rhythm of, of doing them and we've started having guests on for different segments. I think because maybe people are tired of hearing us just talk about books. So <laughs> we had, we had you, you know, on you, yeah. you, were, you were, you were a great guest. Um, So Thank happy you. that we could do this little crossover episode, but yeah, no, they, they, you know, usually they come out on uh, Mondays and sometimes when we have special guests. They come out during the middle of the week, but it's, 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 it's been a lot of fun.
0: Awesome, man. Um, Alan, anything from you, buddy? Any questions? What, what do you want to take it before we kind of do our sign-off?
2: I know. How did y'all, um, I mean, you talked a little bit about how you came up with uh, that idea. Um, you know, the longer this, this is something that me and Brian experienced, you know, kind of the longer the podcast goes, how do you get inspired as far as new material? How do y'all come up with an agreement of, okay, let's do this book this week or, or this other book the other week? Um like how do you how do you kind of keep it fresh?
3: yeah, I mean, I think you know we part of the good news is that you know we're even if we we have one episode a week, we're often reading books to our kids you know like like seven days out of the week and so like you get new material there and now what's the other interesting thing is that because I think if if we run out of stuff, you know when we started doing this, uh like my son was like a year old and now he's he's four so like he's changed so much. So the stuff that, what he thinks about, you know, a book now is very different than, you know, than he was several years ago. So it's like, you see all that kind of stuff with new eyes and you learn new things too. We're, we're, you know, we're, we're kind of, uh, you know, our kids are growing up and so we're kind of, you know, kind of seeing they're always changing so that they help us keep it fresh too.
0: Nice, man. Um, well, Ben, thanks so much for hopping on, man. Um, this was a, a fun episode to do. Um, you're, you're really good at what you do. Um, and you brought a different sort of pace to this thing. So it was great to have you sort of oh, steering no, us it, too.
3: It was, a, it was a pleasure to see you, you know, to, to, to do it with you guys instead of hearing it. I, I feel like, uh, you know, obviously the, the circumstances of, of Screech's death are, are tragic, but, um, I'm, a uh, I'm glad to to have gotten to to join you guys.
0: And then at the end of each episode, when we have a guest, we ask everybody to read the end of "Goodnight Moon." Could you recite that? <laughs> no. That's
3: why. That's why. Uh, that's why I make our guests do it. I don't know. I don't know do myself.
0: Uh, awesome, man! Thanks for hopping on tonight, uh, Alan. Good to see you again. Good night, boys.
2: Good night. Good night, y'all.
1: Thanks for listening to I Live the 90s. You can find past episodes, along with the companion blog, with photos on the website, i-live-the-90s.com. 90s spelled out. You're also invited to join the private Facebook group. Lastly, you can listen to Alan Bryan Brian on Apple or Spotify. If you subscribe or leave a comment, it helps more people discover the podcast. We really appreciate your support.